You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. And today I have with me Jen Babakan, who is the author of Detoured, the messy, grace-filled journey from working professional to stay-at-home mom. She lives in California with her husband and two boys, along with a stubborn shih tzu named Bailey. Jen also loves coffee, ice cream, and wearing activewear, so it looks like she works out instead of eating ice cream. And so I think maybe we're twins separated at birth. (laughs) Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And you know, you guys, it's so it's kind of just weird how we got connected. You'll probably remember Rachel Shelb from a while back. I think Rachel tagged me in one of Jen's Instagram posts that was a hilarious story that we'll get into later. But that is how we got connected. So listeners, if there's ever a funny story that one of your friends puts on the internet you and you think it would be a good person to have on the show, just tag me and say, Hey, fancy free, let's try to get this person on. Because in this case, it totally worked out. Okay, fill in the blanks about who you are and what you do. I am a mom of two little boys. My boys are six and nine. I've been married for, oh gosh, how many years now? I'm not even sure, since 2007, so that long. <laughs> math is hard. I, math is hard. I just, this is why is I'm hard. an author. I, I've, always <laughs> chosen, I've always chosen letters over numbers, and I'll do it until the day I die. So I wrote a book called Detoured for Stay-at-Home Moms Who Have Left Their Careers to Be Home. I'm a freelance writer now working on a few projects and homeschooling my kids and just, you know, living that quarantine life here in California. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And whereabouts in California? I'm kind of smack dab in the middle of the Central Valley. I don't, I'm not super familiar, but we did live in Reno. We just moved to Montana from Reno, Nevada three years ago. So I'm totally familiar with Tahoe, which is where your, where your story is located. I can picture it well. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I have to tell you, my youngest daughter's name is Bailey. And we oh. did realize that it was a pet name when we named her that, but we were like, well, it's because it's such a great name. So we'll just go with it. <laughs> Listen, he, my dog was actually named after the character on that old show from the 90s. Party of Five. Party of Five. Yes. I, I named my dog after Bailey from Party of Five. So I yeah. love it. Yeah. Hilarious. Scott character. Like this is, yeah. Could I be more of a, you know, a 90s teen, but here I am. Oh my gosh. But I'm so there with you. I love it. That's so funny. I love that show. <laughs> It was the best. It was the best. I know. My husband's like, well, that show's way too dramatic and emotional. I'm like, I know. Isn't it great? (laughs) At the time, though, yeah, it was so angsty. Like, I just Exactly. It It was good. It was what we needed. It was really good. Okay. Let's get to know you a little bit better with some rapid fire questions. What's your Enneagram number? I am the rare five. So I love research. I am more of, I would say, an introvert, I guess, internally, but I'm an extrovert, you know, kind of in social situations. I'm one of those mixes of people, but I'm a five to my core. And once I did like took the tests and listened to some podcasts and heard all the numbers, I'm like, oh, I could not be more of a five. So yeah. (laughs) Like I am a stereotype of a five. Totally. totally. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. I feel like that too about I'm a, I'm a two and I feel like, could I be more two? (laughs) I couldn't. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you could rename yourself, what would, what name would you pick? My mom originally wanted to name me Adriana after her father, Adrian. 
And in comparison with Jennifer, which (laughs) the entire world is named, I just feel Mm -hmm. like that would have been really nice. So if I had to rename myself, I would I would actually go with Adriana or Adrienne as a girl because I feel like it's unique. And then it's got that familial, you know, piece to it. I love it. Okay, what TV show are you hooked on? Or what's been your favorite binge watch? I kept hearing about Ted Lasso on Apple TV. And I finally like signed up for the free trial just so I could watch that in the morning show with Jennifer Aniston. I was like, okay, if Jennifer Aniston's in something, I'm a huge Friends fan. So I'm like, I have to, mm-hmm. I have to watch that. So I watched that. It was awesome. And then I started watching Ted Lasso and I feel like the entire world needs to watch Ted Lasso. Like that was the funniest, most heartfelt show. I can't wait until season two comes out. I'm I'm oh obsessed with it. Yeah. How have I never even heard of this? I'm going to go oh, look it up. This you is have amazing. To. It's so funny. <laughs> There's parts of it that are poignant. They hit it out of the park with that one. Oh, that's awesome. Yay. All right. And you guys, I'll hook, I'll uh, hook it up. I'll link it in the, in the, <laughs> I'll hook it up. Don't you worry. Hook it, hook it up. <laughs> I'll link to it in the show notes. Oh my God. So I you love can you. Find it too. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. What movie line gets quoted most in your house? Okay. So it's kind of cliche, but honestly, when my husband and I are in the midst of an argument or like when, when the conversation is getting a bit tense, no doubt one of us will turn to the other and say, why is the carpet wet, Todd? I don't know, Margot. And that just lightens, <laughs> that lightens the whole thing. That's the one from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> one of the things we say, which we think we're so hilarious because we only have two kids, is an, actually a line from It's a Wonderful Life, which is that classic yes. Christmas movie, that black and white he says when he gets home and he's all stressed and harried and his daughter is sick upstairs and his other daughter's pounding away on the piano. He goes, why do we have to have all these kids? <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, when George Bailey loses it and he has that like breakdown in his living room, I remember watching that for the first time and being like, oh my gosh, like this is so relatable. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, finally we're telling the truth in movies. Sweet. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I love that movie. I do too. We, Scott and I watch it every Christmas Eve when we're um, doing our tasks late at night. One of the other lines that I so love in that movie, and I've been thinking about it lately because we have chickens and we're total newbies to chickens. So the first time we oh. went, had a chicken go broody, which so she's trying to incubate some eggs and she's staying in one of the nesting boxes, which is very rare. Usually they get in the nesting box, they lay their egg and they get out of the nesting box. But she's just in there all the time and the eggs are so hot underneath her. And I was like, is she sick? Is something going on? And then I Googled it a little bit and I felt comfortable after I did a few tests on her that, no, she's just broody. She's totally fine. She's on the nest. And I remember George Bailey saying, you're on the nest. And that is such a cute description of pregnancy to me when they're in bed and she tells him she's pregnant for the first time. I don't know how more people don't use that. You know, I mean, it's so cute. Yeah. Yes. She's on the nest. And and so now I always, I'm every day I, I, I figure out a way to fit it into conversation. <laughs> Scott Broody's out there. She's still on the nest. I love it. I love <laughs> She's it. She's not really on the nest though. She just wishes she was on the nest because we don't have a rooster. <laughs> so if you could have any celebrity be your best friend, who would you pick? Mindy Kaling without, <gasps> without fail. Mindy Kaling. I love her dearly. Her writing is perfection. The Mindy Project, still hands down one of my most favorite series of all time. I just love her. 
Yes, I did not know much about her until we binged The Office when we first moved here. And then I was like, oh, wait, I have to read everything she's ever made. Yes, yes, she's great. She's awesome. Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to share some not-so-fancy moments so that the (laughs) listeners remember they aren't alone in their imperfection and they can see firsthand how connections are built by sharing these stories. So what do you have for us today? Oh, boy. Well, (laughs) as you know... (laughs) About a week ago, my family decided to break out of quarantine for a little bit and go camping in Lake Tahoe. And my boys had never been there. My husband and I had actually never gone there together. I had gone every summer as a kid. The week before we left, I dislocated my knee. Now, I have a long, long history of knee dislocations. This is nothing new. They decide to pop out a joint anytime a breeze hits them. And so I dislocated my knee. And typically, I'm kind of recovering from that for the next couple of weeks. Mm. But it's not anything where I can't walk. It's just that, you know, I have to kind of be careful with them. So I think it was the second or third day we were there, we decided to go hiking down to this frozen lake, because, you know, we're in California, in the valley. And when we had driven by this lake, my husband, Ed, was like, oh my gosh, I think it's frozen over. You know what I've never seen? I've never seen a frozen lake. We should go down there. And so I was like, well, yeah, obviously, let's do it. So I was set. I mean, I had my snow boots on. And my snow boots are not like your typical cute woman in the woods snow boots. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They go up to my knee. I read when I bought them about these snow boots on Walmart that this woman that lives in Montana or Alaska, she uses these boots to feed her horses in the winter. So I was like, these are gonna be the best. Well, they're tacky as all get out. But let me tell you, they <laughs> do the trick. So when I lace these puppies up, it's like, okay, mama came to play like we are gonna do this. Um, so we go out to all these trailheads that lead down to this frozen lake. And I quickly realized that basically every trail was covered with not just like powder snow, but like ice. Mm, Um, And even though the bottom of my snow boots are super grippy, I was just like, no, this isn't, this isn't going to be good. I told him, I'm like, I'm going to go down and you're not going to be able to hike my fat butt back up this this trail. <laughs> this is inadvisable. Yeah, yeah this is going to get ugly real fast. And so I said, you know, you go on ahead with the kids, take them down, and I will just go and hang out at the truck. Because like any good nature person, I'm like, let's see if I can get some Wi-Fi. I'm going to doom scroll and be on <laughs> Facebook for the next 45 minutes while you're out there like doing naturey things. So he took the kids... And I turned around and I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna go to the truck. Also, like any good prepared person, I had a fanny pack. I'm single-handedly bringing it back. I don't care. <laughs> it makes so much sense for a mom. Like, you know, we all hate to carry our purses or whatever on our shoulders. So it's like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't I put this sucker around my muffin top and call it a day? It holds everything that Mary Poppins carpet bag does and hides the muffin top. <laughs> What's not to love? <laughs> Let's put this right over my little mom pooch and we're going to just rock this day. So I mean, you got to imagine I had this fanny pack, I had these knee high, you know, boots with the I literally boots with the fur. Okay, I know it's fake fur, but boots with the fur, no apple bottom jeans, because I was in black leggings, because let's look like I work out on a regular basis. So yeah, so I turn around and I get like halfway back to our truck. And I remember that in my beautiful fanny pack. I have no keys. I have no way of getting into my truck. So I'm like, okay, well, 
this just took a turn. I'm in the middle of this beautiful forest and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to walk around and they'll be back up shortly, I'm sure. I mean, it'll be maybe half an hour. I started to get that feeling where it's like, okay, like what else do I do? So then I noticed they had like these signs for the awful bark beetle that's like taking down the (laughs) forest. And so I read every sign there was on bark beetles. Well, people, of course, were coming and with their sleds and all sorts of things. And they're looking at this weird woman in these incredible boots, just wandering around the forest. Like at a certain point, I started to wonder like, Do they think they need to call someone about me? Like, you know, I'm like trying to look busy, but how busy can I look? Because also, fun fact, there's no Wi-Fi in a forest. So I can't even look at my phone like I'm doing anything exciting. How many selfies can you take before it's just like, wow, okay, like homegirl doesn't know she's 40. So... (laughs) Finally, I saw that there was like a path that was just pine needle covered that went halfway down to the lake. And I'm like, Ooh, I can get a better view of the lake if I just go this way. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is my eat, pray, love moment. This is my moment (laughs) where I'm going to have my own little adventure. And then when I meet up with the boys again, I'm going to be like, well, you guys did this, but this is what I did. So I was all excited about this. So I very carefully made my way down this mountain-ish terrain. And so I got down there and it was, it was beautiful. And I took all these glorious pictures of the sun coming through the trees and these fishermen were coming up the trail. And it was at that point that I realized like I'm alone in the woods and there are random (laughs) men coming up and, and there's not really anyone else around. And I was like, this probably wasn't the best idea. I started getting really hungry. Out of all of the copious snacks that I bring in the truck. Why did none of them make them into my fanny pack? Dang it. I'm like, this is the time for a Cheez-It. This is the time (laughs) for a small pack of goldfish. And there was nary an item in my fanny pack. What I did have was an all natural chapstick, which (laughs) not going to lie. I had this moment, you know, where you like flash forward into something totally irrational (laughs) or I was like, Oh my gosh, if I'm out here overnight, Like, I'm going to eat this chapstick. That's what I'm going to have to do. And then they're going to find me. And I'm going to be like, thank God it was made of essential oils. (laughs) I was in view of the trail where my kids and my husband had gone down. So I assumed that I would see them come back up. So I was like, okay, well, the sun started to set. And it was at this point that I started to get kind of concerned that maybe one of my kids had had an issue or something because we were supposed to make burgers that night, which did not help with my like, growing hunger. I was like, I'm supposed to be eating a hamburger right now. I was like, all right, I should go back up to the truck and just, you know, see if if everything's okay. If they're not up there, then you know, we have trouble. I get about halfway up. And I start hearing a man's voice, not my husband calling Jennifer, Jennifer. Of course, I I look behind me because I'm just that intelligent. I'm like, are are you talking to me? And it's a park ranger. And he's ducked out with the hat and then the outfit. And I'm like, wow, okay, so he totally looked like I mean, I I, I don't know, expected like Yogi Bear to be next to him or something. He was, (laughs) he was like, just what you would picture. And yes, and he's like, are you Jennifer? Is that your name? And I'm like, yes, yes, that's me. (laughs) And he's like, they're looking for you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You fit the description. And it was like at that moment where I'm like, well, this has gone bad. There's been a description. (laughs) There's been a description. 
my eat, pray, love moment has gone it's gone off the rails and so then I turn and I see I see my husband with my kids and this crew of like elderly people one of them had a walker another one had a cane (laughs) they're all looking at me like it's her and I look at the forest ranger and I said I'm in trouble aren't I and he's like no, they just, they've been looking when I got back up there. And this is where I felt really bad. My kids had these tear stained faces oh. and they were like, we thought a bear ate you. How sad. And of course my husband was like, listen, he's like, I seriously thought your knee went, you like went out. Oh. And he's like, I, for some reason, just pictured you had like snow melt running over your face and you were laying oh. somewhere. And I was like, Really? Because I I had a great time. I'm like, you know, I wasn't lost. I knew where I was the whole time. Clearly. (laughs) I didn't feel lost. (laughs) I didn't feel lost. What I did feel was hungry. And that (laughs) chapstick came dangerously close to being consumed. But it's it's all it's all fine. So yeah, I got lectures from my kids that I should never go anywhere without them again. And my oldest was like, I thought I was gonna have to bribe another woman to be our mother. And I was like, (laughs) Creative. I'm like creative and also concerning that you jumped to replacing me that quickly. I appreciate your concern. He knows he needs a mother. So you got that going for you. Exactly. So, I mean, in summary, uh, this is why my husband doesn't take me places. (laughs) I love it so much. I cannot be trusted. You never know when you read a funny story if if it's going to come through the same in spoken form. And yes, it did. You did not disappoint. (laughs) So awesome. But I will link to the original post. You know, a hungry girl's got to know, did you go home and make burgers or did you go out to eat and deprogram? Oh, we ate those burgers. And I'm going to tell you, it's the best thing I've ever tasted. (laughs) I don't know what it is about mountain air either. Like I got up there and that little camper pantry never saw me coming. It was just nonstop from the time we got there. I call that vacation eating. In general, I guess we feel hungrier on vacation. I don't know if it's because we're relaxed or Maybe for you, you were in the mountain air, but for, and also for me, I just think eating is so entertaining. So I'm like, I'm supposed to be entertained while I'm on vacation. So yes. if there's a, a moment that I'm not entertained, well, I'll just entertain myself. Right? Absolutely. So. I love it. Entertain. I'm going to use that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my, that's one of my favorite activities. I like that. Me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I hope your kids didn't stay upset for too long. They didn't. I mean, I still hear about it. Even when like I told them I was going to talk about it on this podcast, they were like, yeah, remember how awful that was? I'm like, well, yeah, it was bad for you. But I, however, (laughs) found a way to enjoy my day. So I don't know. (laughs) And it's funny. So, you know, the faster we can see things like that as funny, I think the easier they are to handle. And I mean, one of the things that I tout when I go on to other podcasts sometimes and I talk about the benefit of making mental note of these funny, embarrassing stories is that it really actually kind of changes the way you view your life. And I think you must do this kind of naturally because you were so amused, like this immediately amused you and you just had to share it with the world. (laughs) I can find the humor in just about any situation. I try to do that on a daily basis. And sometimes I wonder, I mean, because my oldest son, he's, he's kind of sarcastic like I am because, (laughs) because I, I kind of raised him in that, you know, in that way. Um, but we laugh about random things all the time because if you don't, I mean, gosh, it's life, so good for you. I think yeah, life gets boring. And I mean, 
we're in such a hard time right now, just in the world. And, um, you know, for me personally, like I lost my mom last year. And so, you know, so going through grief and all of that, and my mom uh, was a hilarious person, she could find the humor in anything too. And I just think, you know, how do you get through life without it? Uh, You know, without a sense of humor, I have to have one. Yeah, for sure. I'm so glad you didn't keep that to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, I couldn't. I had to chair. Tell me about the goldfish. Oh, gosh. Okay. My son, when he was about four, he really wanted a pet of his own. And I would often take him to the pet store to, you know, look at at the the pets at the pet store. And they have an advertisement for all the world to see that if you purchase this little modern looking fishbowl, you get a free fish. Oh, dear. My husband and I, before we had kids, we used to do animal rescue. We were very involved in fostering animals and all of this. I'm such an animal person. When I saw that I would get a free fish, something clicked and I was like, I think I have to have that. I think Bryce needs his own (laughs) fish. And they were, you know, they're the little beta fishes. I texted my husband and I sent him a picture of the ad and uh, his response was just one word. It was just, no. Could not be more clear. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I really think he needs this fish, honey. He needs to learn responsibility. I was like, it's free. And he's like, yeah, but you have to buy the $15 bowl. And so then finally, like most of the things in our marriage, I wore him down to the point where he was just like, fine, whatever. If you if you want this fish, like get the fish. I don't care. Sure, get the fish. I was like, that's right. That's right. I'm going to get this fish. So I bought the bowl and I bought the rocks that go in it. And I talked to the guy at the pet store and said, you know, does he need any special heating lamp or filtration system? Like, is there anything special I need for him? He's like, nope, he's just a, he's just a beta fish. You just take him home and love him. And I'm like, well that's all you have to tell me. Like, if you tell me to love an animal, and that's all I have to do, like that is what I'm going to do. So it's on. Yeah, (laughs) he was already the most beloved little blue beta fish. So we get him home, get him all set up. And my son's incredibly attached already, you know, he just is talking to him and tapping on his little thing. You know, he was a sweet little fish. And then like, probably two days into having him, I realized that he was developing kind of like a a weird skin disease, like his scales just didn't look healthy. And I was like, oh no, like he's he's taken a turn. Uh, what did I not do? You know, I, I had added in water conditioner. I had done all the things they tell you to do. So then I started researching, right? Because I'm a five, I'm an Enneagram five. So <laughs> I am going to research to death how to take care of this fish. So I realized that he has uh, some kind of like scale disorder that is typical of beta fishes. And now he requires an antibiotic that you would put in the water along with this other certain thing. So I go to the store and I spent, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think I spent like about $45 on this antibiotic treatment and all of this other stuff (laughs) to nurse him back to health because I was like, he is not going to die on my watch. Okay. (laughs) I will show my children good care. Yes, we are going to treat him. He is going to be better. And so I did the antibiotic treatment. uh, And I I think it was about three days later, he started looking better. I mean, I was like, you are going to pull through, little guy. You are going to make it. You know, I was rooting for him and smiling at him, giving him, you know, words of affirmation. So that was about like a week into it. And then... Uh, I came down the stairs one morning, it was probably a couple days later, 
And he was swimming on his side. Oh, no. And I was like, okay, I'm not a fish expert, but I know that (laughs) that is not the way he's supposed to be swimming. I started researching uh, because clearly he probably had like a stroke or something. And of course, my son was like, mommy, why is he swimming like that? And I'm like, oh, he just wants to try a different way. He's doing the side stroke. Yeah, he's doing the side stroke. (laughs) I ended up on these sites where they talk about surgeries that you can do. Uh, You know, not me personally, but if I could get him to a vet that did Uh fish surgery, they could possibly like reroute something to help his equilibrium. I mean, I knew at that point, I'm like, it is not looking good for this fish. Well, so then the next day, of course, I come down the stairs and he's, he's just, he's done. Like he's gone to heaven. He's met the Lord. And I knew that before Bryce came down the stairs, I had to get rid of the fish because if he saw him actually dead, this was, I just, I, I, which probably isn't great parenting advice. Like you probably should let your kids. Well, you panic. You're like, he can never unsee that. It's traumatic. And yet I couldn't bring myself to flush him down the toilet. So I threw him in the trash. And I don't know why. I don't know why I did that to this day. It was like destroy the evidence. And I started rinsing out his tank, all of that. Well, as I'm rinsing out his tank and and trying to, uh, you know, separate the rocks out and whatever, some of the rocks fell down my kitchen sink. I didn't even give it a second thought. I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I'm just getting this thing, putting it under my kitchen cabinet so that when Bryce comes on the stairs, I can be like, yeah, we, you know, this is what happened. So it wasn't until probably two or three days later, my husband was doing some dishes or something and he turned on the garbage disposal and he's like, is there, what's in here? Is there like a fork down here? And, uh, and I'm like, I don't know, honey. I don't know. I don't know what it could be, you know? And I'm just like reading or whatever. You're like, figure it out. Your problem yeah, not mine. Right, I don't tell you. <laughs> Well, all of a sudden, I had this flashback, and I was like, the rocks. It's the rocks. The rocks are in there. And so I told him, I said, uh, you know, remember when we lost the fish? And like, there may or may not be a little bit of rockage that may have fallen <laughs> into that tree. And he was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no. Well, it seized up the entire garbage. (gasps) Seized it up, like done. And so we had to spend another, I think it was about three to $400 (laughs) to get a new garbage disposal. And he's like, do you know how much your free fish has cost us? (laughs) There's nothing I can say. Like, yeah, my free fish has cost us upwards of $400. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) It's time to talk about coincidences. Do you have a crazy coincidence you could tell us about? I don't really believe in coincidences. I think that a lot of times it's God just showing you how much he loves you. And so for me, I think one of the biggest crazy little God wink moments in my life was that I had been telling my husband that I wanted to try to teach online because I was a teacher before I became a stay at home mom. When I first made the transition to home, I applied for every work from home job that I could get my hands on. And every single one said I was like, you know, overqualified. And it was just Mm. a really, it was a tough time because I felt I felt like my identity had been lost when I gave up my career. And so 
I was doing everything I could. And God in that time was really like, no, you need to depend on me. You know, you need to find your identity Mm -hmm. in me. You need to not worry about the whole job thing. So anyway, once I had overcome that and gone through a really tough journey, that is what actually led me to write the book, I started to feel like maybe I finally got that my worth was not in my work. And I was like, you know, I really feel like maybe I do want to try teaching online and applying for some of those jobs again. I feel like I'm in a better headspace to do it and all of that. My husband agreed. He's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. Well, so we had that conversation that night and I literally was opening up my laptop to apply for one of those positions when a voicemail flashed onto my phone. And I listened to the voicemail and it was one of the schools calling me for an interview that I had applied to almost a year before. (gasps) Wow. No way. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, "Oh, this is God. And I was, I did the interview. I was like, yeah. I mean, it was like just one of those moments. There have been so many of those throughout my life where God has just shown. He's uh, like, and, and now you're ready. And now you're ready. Yeah. You know, and not before then, but you know, he, he's always on time. So that's one of those cool moments. Oh, that gives me goosebumps head to toe. I love it. I want to hear more about your book. So tell me how in the world did you decide to write a book? When did it come out? And what is the most surprising thing that's happened because of that? It came out in 2019. I decided to write it because I knew that I couldn't be the only person that gave up a career to be home with kids that was feeling all the feelings. I really desperately wanted to be a stay at home mom and be with my kids. But I also really loved my career. I had worked hard to become a teacher and get a teaching position. So giving that up was really hard. And so after I did make that move to be home, I like to say that I had this lovely combination of diapers, dishes and depression on loop. Like it it just felt like this, this was my life. And it was just really, really hard. And I realized how much of my identity I'd found in that title of being a teacher of being someone that kids looked up to and that parents looked to for advice. And I had gotten so much of my identity out of that. And God just showed me, okay, nope, your identity is in me has nothing to do with what you do has everything to do with whose you are in your mind. So it was this time of just like shedding all of that. And so I knew that I couldn't be the only person that had that struggle. I felt like God gave me the journey that I was on to share and to do something with it. I had a very strong feeling that it wasn't just for me to experience. And I've always loved to write. I blogged for years. So that's that's what led me to write it. And I would say like the, the coolest thing hands down that has come from that are when when women reach out to me and say that it changed their lives or mm. that they feel less alone. And it's a solitary process right there. So then oh, when you yeah. actually finally feel that some connections come from it, that must be amazing. Exactly. So it is so isolating and you do, it's like throwing jello at a wall. Like, well, this is my experience, but what if nobody else has felt this way? You know, it's just so vulnerable. So when you get yeah. people coming back to you and saying, oh, no, 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 this helped me through this time. And I'm in a better place because of your book. That's mm. absolutely everything. And I give glory to God for that, because he's the one that that led me down that path. Yeah. Oh, it's so awesome. For me, as a two and a helper, mm-hmm. I felt like my identity was not so much wrapped up in my profession, but in the fact that I was doing so many things for so many people all the time. And I was getting a lot of oh, satisfaction yeah. from that. And so 
I sort of think I transitioned that into I'll do all the things all of the time for the people in my house. Well, it's but it can be kind of thankless. And I thought it was a really hard transition. And I had no idea that was going to happen to me my whole life. All I ever wanted to do was be a wife and a mom. So I thought that all that other stuff was just a placeholder. But it's a very, very hard transition. I tried to explain it to my husband, like, imagine you aren't getting a thank you from a patient. You aren't Mm -hmm. getting a paycheck. Mm-hmm. You aren't getting admired by your employees, you're, you know, and right. all of a sudden you're all you're doing is the constant dishes and there's no drive through for bread, diapers and milk. And there's, you know, yes. now there is, but when now we there were is. having babies, yeah. there wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just this constant slog and um, feels so thankless. And it does feel like, you know, your identity gets really shaken. So thank you for writing that book. That's so amazing. I can't wait to read it. And listeners, as you know, I give books away if you sign up for my monthly newsletter, you'll know how to enter to win it if you sign up for the newsletter and receive the newsletter. So do that at fancyfreepodcast.com. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Jen, tell my listeners all of the places where they can find you online. I love to hang out at Instagram and I'm at Jen Babacan on Instagram. That's where I share, uh, you know, my funny getting lost in the woods stories and funny (laughs) memes and all that sort of thing. Some inspiration thrown in there uh, for fun. I'm also on Facebook at Jen Babacan author. I'm on Twitter at Jen Babacan and I have a website, jenbabacan.com as well. Awesome. All right. I will link to all of those in the show notes. You are hilarious. I have loved so much talking to you. Thank you for being with me today. I love this so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast today. Make sure to check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 108 to get all the links we discussed. Remember to follow the podcast wherever you're listening so that new episodes pop into your feed each week. And if you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join the Fancy Free Facebook group. I would love it if you'd follow the Fancy Free podcast on Instagram. And also, if you would tell a girlfriend about the show, I would love that. We'd love to increase our listenership. Have a great week. And remember, no one is as fancy as they look. (laughs) 